Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. Um, one of our questions that we had brainstormed <clears throat> about uh, working in, in Gosti in relationship with beings and then also being two people who have a established magical practice, I would say, is how do those things relate? And how does our, our piety or our right relationships relate to doing that magical work? Yes. Theurgy is what we're discussing, I yes, suppose, because as to thaumaturgy. I'm definitely a theurgic magician rather than a thaumaturgic magician, I would say. I'm probably about 50-50 yeah. would be my guess. I don't know. I've never really measured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not confident enough to be a thaumaturgic magician. There is a certain amount of confidence that is required. There is, and I am, I, I mean, I would say I'm not that much of a jerk, but... <laughs> no, no, that's accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to be, like, arrogantly confident a lot of times to do thaumaturgic magic. On occasion, yes. Yes, you do. Um, there's a... a, a an essay that I like, which is called Why Are Chaos Magicians Such Assholes? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's fairly on point. A lot of it has to do with um, you know, taking credit for things that you probably did or might have done or could potentially have caused to happen, <laughs> but you don't have any evidence that it actually was you that did it. Um, and some of it has to do with you know, the, the moving into people's paradigms, using them, and then discarding them like used tissue. And so a lot of that notion of uh, assholeness, yeah. assholishness yeah. Is, <laughs> um, is something that chaos magicians in particular bring on themselves. But also a lot of people look at high ceremonial magicians and say, oh, well, they're just full of themselves, and... But to exert your will on the world... Yes. ...without the help of other beings, you have to be pretty damn confident that that's a thing you can do. Yep. So, I mean, I get it, but also I don't feel like I am that level of confident to be able to do that magic that magic well. Well, I will recommend to anyone who feels <laughs> the need for self-confidence to do some... some thaumaturgic work and work their will in the world and then take credit for it because it does actually help but we're not here to discuss that really <laughs> not really <laughs> we're instead interested in 
the reasons why it's beneficial to call on beings that you have relationships with. Because I think that it definitely is. I think there's a lot to that. Um, and it's interesting to me because I come at, I come at this distinction from a very academic place. And when you, when you read academic literature on why people call on deities to do magic is so that they have it's it's often described as so they will have an excuse when it doesn't work because it wasn't the will of the deity huh and that has never been my experience in doing that kind of magic I find it very belittling to the whole <laughs> idea of belief um, but that's often a, an academic reaction to theurgy and the notion of reaching out to higher beings or equal beings or lesser beings and asking them to work with you and building a relationship with them. Yeah, I um, I have some spirits that I work with that are deities. Um, and then I have some that are not. They are, I don't know, working spirit allies. Yeah. Um, I, and I guess if we're talking about piety, I typically will work with um, like a patron or a spirit ally who does not necessarily have a specialty in that area um, to do certain kinds of work. Um, like I would rather this isn't a great example because I, I work kind of marginally with Bridget because our grove works with Brigando. Yeah. So like I work kind of marginally there but um like, for intense healing, I may go to Poseidon, who's a patron, rather than um, another deity. Like, I would definitely go to Poseidon over Air or Airmid. Yeah. Um, because I don't have a relationship with her, and I do with Poseidon, and so I feel like I would have more oomph to my work and more aid in my work with a being that I do have that relationship with. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense to me. I mean... I will be honest, if I were going to, I don't know, to randomly pick a different kind of example, if I were going to go borrow money, I would not necessarily go to my most wealthy friend. I would go to the friend that I trusted most. Right, right. (laughs) It's not exactly a one-to-one analogy here, but it's pretty close, actually. Yeah. And in so doing, I think because you've built a relationship, you are far more likely to succeed in, hey... I need to borrow some cash. Can you spot me some money? Then if you go to someone you don't have as good a relationship with who may have more money than they could give you. Well, and I mean, it may feel a little bit like using a deity, but I I think it's still worth it to develop a... Like, if you really want to do work with a specific spirit, it's worth the time to build the relationship and then do the work and then... You know, sometimes you'll find that that relationship continues, and sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to talk about relationships in terms of friendship anyway. And this trip that we are on right now is actually a pretty good job, because so far you have paid for the gas and all the tolls. Mm-hmm. And I paid for the hotel room last night. Mm-hmm. 
And I have no idea whether we're even or not. I don't, I don't really know. care. I don't know, but I mean, it, it's probably going to be close. Yeah, it would probably be close. But it's not like we are We're tallying. not counting and splitting down the middle later or anything like that. And we didn't even talk about it. It's no, just what's it just, happened so far. Yeah. Mostly because you have cash and I don't. And the tolls <laughs> only take cash in this silly state. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So... But if I were traveling with somebody else, someone I didn't know as well, we would probably have already had a conversation, rather than having a conversation on air. Right. (laughs) (laughs) About how much we're spending and where we're spending. Right, right. And and who's going to cover what, um, rather than just making assumptions. And that's really the value of those relationships, I think, is that you, you can make those assumptions, and it doesn't damage or hurt the friendship in any way. It just right. works out. It's just part of the friendship, I would say. Exactly. So when we do magic, and we reach out to those spirits that we have a relationship with, it makes sense. They, they agree to do the work based on our relationship, and because often they see things differently than we do, if we're asking for something we shouldn't be asking for, or something that isn't going to help us, they will let us know in no uncertain terms, I tend to think. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the same as the academic notion of, well, it didn't work because the spirits didn't like it, um, so much as it is to say, the relationship that we have built, they're, they're being clear on, on their notion of it, their feeling on it. Well, and part of that, if, if we're going to continue that relationship metaphor um, A, they're setting their boundaries like if they don't think it's a thing you should be doing then they're going to be like, I don't don't want a part of that Um, which brings us back to everyone should set boundaries in every relationship yes, but also sometimes they're that really good friend that you're like, I'm going to do this really stupid thing and they're like, you should take a minute and think about that <laughs> and if it's really a good choice for you my hands are full I can't hold your beer right now sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, sometimes the best thing everyone can do is not hold your beer yeah so I, I think that there's definitely that kind of aspect to having relationships with spirits when you're doing magical work yes and I think that it it deepens the connection that you can have to the spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. Which, so if you're if you're working with someone that you constantly or consistently work with, then the act of reaching out to them is an innately spiritual thing. It helps put you in a frame of mind for spiritual work. It helps put you in uh, a, a place of seeking that which is magical in the world. And it helps bring you to a a space within yourself and a space that is shared where things that were not possible before are possible now. Right. And I think that alone is a very helpful thing. I think when you reach out to those spirits, you're creating that space. um, I don't know the academic term for it, but where where the sacred pushes through. Uh, hierophany. Yes, that. <laughs> I knew that you knew it. You're, you're, when you reach out for the purposes of, of working that magic in the world, you're creating that space where they connect and they push through. 
hierophany is like a spiritual epiphany. So you, you push you push roots together and you get hierophany. <laughs> <laughs> An epiphany of the sacred. Okay. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of value to working with spiritual beings and bringing them into your practice because I think that those relationships are valuable, particularly when they are valued. Right, and I think it, it enriches the relationship, but it also enriches the work that you're doing. Yes. Um, I mean, I, and part of this is because I am a theurgic magician, um, but the work that I do with the aid of a spirit works better than the work that I do without. It does. The other thing that it brings you, which I'm just now thinking of now that you've mentioned that, <laughs> is it brings you accountability of another entity. Because you have to go ask. Yeah. And when you have to go ask for something, you think twice sometimes about what you're asking for. Yeah. Well, and I generally do divination before I do magical work. Yeah. Um, Because I want to know if it's a good idea or if it's the best way to go about something. Yeah. I I think that in asking... So... Things that I would ask for, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw on my experience at the shop for this. If I were to go ask or do magic for getting a better job, for example, mm-hmm. that is a completely different kind of ask than asking a spirit to help me, I don't know, subjugate a, uh, a fellow human and drive them wild with lust. These are the kinds of things that come through our door at the shop sometimes. And um, I am more likely, from a theurgic point of view, a spiritual point of view, to reach out to a spirit for aid in getting a job than for aid in making someone fall in love with me. And so that accountability comes into play there as well. Because yeah. it makes you think about, should I really be asking someone for that? But you have people come to the shop who ask you to ask someone else to do that, so... I do, and I'll be honest, what they're looking for is not theurgy. Uh, they're looking for dominatorial work. Uh, that is true, they're, yeah. They're, they're not looking for someone who has a relationship with the spirits. Um, and, in fact, I suspect that a lot of people who do that work and talk about their relationship with the spirits are using it as a marketing technique more than as a this is my method of practice because people are while people are interested in someone who has a connection with the spirits right I don't think they're necessarily expecting that person to reach out to the spirits I don't know that a lot of the people who do that work are specifically reaching out to who the kinds of spirits that we would traditionally call allies and right um, guides or whatever it might be to do those slightly skeezy sorts of works. <laughs> well, and I think I think that kind of brings up a point about um, that there's a, the difference in being a <clears throat> a spirit worker and being someone who is in tune with liminality. Yes. Because I would say that like that kind of person is in tune with liminality and kind of existing in both worlds, but a spirit worker is one who works with the spirits to do the work. Yes. 
Because, I mean, I would call myself a spirit worker, not, I don't know, some other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do a fairly significant amount of both. Um, only because I, I have that background in ceremonial chaos magicians. Right, well, you're more likely to call yourself a magician. I am. I call myself a working magician at the shop more than I call myself a priest because I, most people aren't looking for a priest there. Right. Um, Whereas, like, if I'm going to call myself a magician, you've heard me say it multiple times, I'm a theurgic magician, yes. which is to say I'm a spirit worker. Yes. And, again, depending on what people are asking for at the shop will really change how I... The language that you use? Changes the language that I use. It changes what I'm, I'm interested <coughs> in and even able to do. Um, I have a lot of good sound theory about those sorts of things, and I can certainly advise people on topics of love magic and lust <laughs> yeah. magic and stuff like that. That's, you know, I don't have a problem. I'd rather than be doing it right and somewhat ethically. <laughs> <laughs> So, when they come in, it's not, oh, well, you need this kind of candle to drive your partner crazy. It is, maybe we should look at a clarity spell and find <laughs> out why, we're, why we want to do this, rather than looking at a lust spell right. um, or something like that, or a love spell. Or rather than telling them, I'm not doing that, because then they'll just find some other way to go about it. They will just find some other way to go about it. You have to, you have to hold an intelligent conversation with a person and help them come to that understanding on their own. Right. Because if you don't, they'll find someone who will tell them whatever they want and charge them $9,000 for it. Right. And prove once again that I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> but yeah, I think establishing relationships with spirits definitely is a way to enhance your work. And I think specifically when you already have working relationships um, with deities and spirit allies that it makes sense to engage with them in that way. It does. I think that's absolutely correct. The, the more work that you put into relationships, the better your your magical work will be and the greater your blessing as well, which is the other side of that. It's not just the ability to do better magical work. It is the ability to receive blessing in your life that also increases. And it's somewhat passive, I think. You don't, by building the relationship, you build that that blessing and that goodwill as well. And so, rather than transactional magical work, you get the benefit of the relationship that goes beyond. Right, well, and relationships grow when you do work together. Yes. Like, even you and I, like, we exist in the same sphere, um, within the Grove, yep. and we hang out and watch TV sometimes, yeah. but when we do, like, religious work together, that, I, that enhances the relationship. Yeah. The fact that we watch Netflix <laughs> is helps not... our magical work <laughs> by building relationships. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> How many more episodes of Carmen San Diego do we have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. 
We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.